Hey, what's up, guys? During the recording of this episode, there were some technical difficulties. You may hear some popping and or squealing towards the end of the episode, so warning to all you headphone users. I think I've narrowed it down to a faulty cable, so i got to get my cheap butt on Amazon and buy some new stuff. But until then, I appreciate your patience, and uh, sorry for the uh, popping and crappy sound. But, you know, we're going to get through it. Thanks a lot, guys. On this episode of Chrome Dome Radio, we're talking MCU. We have a spoiler-free review of Endgame. Stick around. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to episode 41 of Chrome Dome Radio. You got Chris here, and joining me on this episode is a man who is no stranger to reviewing movies. He was on Double Toasted for years. I am, of course, talking about none other than Corey Goodwin. Thanks for doing this, bud. You're welcome. Uh, am I getting paid? Should we ask that first? No. Uh, no. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, but yeah, I like how you introduced me like I'm a seasoned reviewer. That's that's not the case, but we can we can pretend. But you're good at it. I'm decent. I've had some practice. No, you're really good at it. Oh, uh, okay. Thank you. You've always been good at it, even before your Double Toasted days. Oh, well, thank you. You don't think so? No, man. Like, I'm I'm a negative Nancy, though, so I always feel like whatever I do is always like... See, I don't think you are. I actually have the complete opposite opinion. Oh, okay. I think I'm the negative Nancy. See, no, okay, I feel the opposite of that. <laughs> because, like, <laughs> because I feel like when, when like, you're... Maybe, let's put it this way. I feel like when it comes to ourselves, we're probably like our harshest critic, which we should be. Like, anybody that does anything that's artistic should be like their harshest critic. But like for for like talking to other people and being like nice and like motivating like i feel like you do that a hundred percent bro you had people talking about that yesterday no I, okay in that aspect of life i would agree with you okay. i was actually more referring to specifically like watching movies and reviewing them oh okay no because you like batman returns so i sorry. feel yeah true. <laughs> but i feel like you tend to when when there's like this mass like i don't like this movie movement you tend to find the good things in it yeah, yeah, I try to find the good stuff. But see, you know what's funny? On Double Toasted, I was like the negative person now. Oh, like, that was really? That was you? That, but the thing is, like, <laughs> it wasn't the goal. Because, like, when, uh, prime example, like, since we've gone on the whole MCU kick, uh, when Civil War came out, like, at, at this website that I was on, we had um, a rating level. I can describe it to the people listening now. Uh, basically, the lowest that we could give you, period, was like a zero, which was a fuck you. Yeah. Uh, like a, a low F, or I guess just an F. There's no such thing as a low F. You failed. <laughs> F minus. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's a somewhat bullshit. Then like a D would be like a rental. C is like a matinee. B, full price. Uh, then we have the A plus, which is like, you know, better than sex. Um, and when Civil War came out, I gave it a matinee. So I, I gave it like a, you know, a low B, a high C. And I was like, yo, I, I really dig the movie. I like the action scenes and everything, but the thing about this movie is there's no consequences. And that's something like when any, anytime there's like there's supposed to be some kind of cataclysmic shift or like this is supposed to be the thing that changes the way this looks or the way this 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 series or this movie is supposed to feel like that is I feel like that for that movie, the lack of consequences kind of ruined it for me. You but didn't it's still think a good movie. you didn't think the consequence between the the, the team, the Avengers, the, it mm-hmm. changed the dynamic entirely. Because even since then, I don't Captain uh, America and Iron Man haven't even had a scene together. Well, no. Here's the thing. Like, prime example of all of the like the big things that happened in Civil War. 
Uh, one was, all right, Captain America and Tony Stark, they're no longer friends. They're never going to talk again, da 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 But at the end of the movie, he's like, yo, here's my trap phone if you need to hit me up if something's going down. <laughs> like, You're right, yeah. He's like, here's my number. Yeah. It was an Atlanta number, so A. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was like, all right, you know, there's there's this whole thing of like, oh, they're, they've been torn asunder. The Avengers are no more. They're never going to talk again. I was like, well, no, Cap was like, yo, if it's really getting grimy, hit me up. And then the beginning of Infinity War is what? Him calling Cap. It's like, all right, so there really wasn't a a fallout there was just more of a like all right we're not gonna talk for like a week or two we're gonna take a break <laughs> we're gonna hate this <laughs> yeah so like that was one of the one of the things with civil war that i was like i really wasn't a big fan of and just, then also like uh again sorry if you haven't seen civil war where have you been uh but uh when when roadie was shot out of the sky uh, out of the sky war machine you're like oh shit like he crashed into like he is dead and then like it comes on and it's like Oh no, he I and his legs like he's paralyzed now. But then he got like ro- ro- some RoboCop legs from Tony Stark, and now he can walk again. So like, what was the consequence of this? Like, Do you know, I completely agree with you when it comes to War Machine. Mm-hmm. Either paralyze him or kill him. Don't bring him a hundred percent back. Yeah, and I know there's not a lot of black MCU characters right now, yeah. but like, take him out. <laughs> like, I know there's not a lot, but that that should have been the one there. Like, all right, we're, we're we're putting a line in the sand, and like this is supposed to be like Civil War is like a big event, and. At the end of it, it's just kind of like, oh, that was just kind of like a hump to get over. As opposed to something like Infinity War was like, oh, holy shit, like everything fell apart. Right, but that's my my concern, and you're going to have to tread lightly here because we don't want any spoilers for Endgame. I have not seen it yet. I'll be seeing it tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. My concern is that if they undo everything, all the events from Infinity War, then again, there's no consequences. They do that a lot in the MCU where mm-hmm. they bring somebody back. Nobody's ever dead. No, Nobody's ever gone. Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Emperor's yeah. back, apparently, but that's a different story. But yet, if, if you can't keep doing that. And if they do undo even a majority of what happened in Infinity War, it's still just like, then why didn't they... You know, My worry is they'll, they'll bring back like everybody that got... By the way, spoilers if you haven't seen Infinity War. They'll bring back you have to see Infinity War. (laughs) They'll bring back everybody who died at the end, like everybody who faded away in the dust. But then they wouldn't bring back a green chick from uh, Gamora. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Like I don't know if they're gonna just not bring her back and bring everybody else back. Like why would they do that? I don't know. I don't know. Um, So treading lightly, Mm -hmm. uh, I guess we can slide into the review. Uh, Yeah, let's go. We could do that. Um, Endgame was really good. Uh, I don't think it's as good as Infinity War is. Ooh. Uh, and I, I'm quite sure I'm going to catch some strapnel for that. Uh, but I, for Infinity War, it presented something that I'd never seen before. Uh, I've never gone into a superhero movie seeing the, see, one, seeing it from the villain's perspective, two, seeing the villain win. Like, you're like, holy shit, like, this is, like, the team is in, in shambles, Every, people are turning to dust, Thanos is on his farm, like, with his armor scarecrow doing his thing, uh, and so you're like, alright, like, I've never seen this before, I'm shocked, I'm watching Peter cry in front of Tony Stark, I'm, like, losing my shit, you're like, oh, wow, this is, like, crazy, but with Endgame, it, the whole thing is, like, alright, how are you gonna present this to me in a way that you can make it feel fresh or make it not feel like you guys are just undoing everything you did in Infinity War. And I feel like for the most part, they did a good job of that. Uh, they did a good job of explaining how, you know, if you go about this way, this happens. If you go about this way, that happens. And even they, I'm again, treading lightly, um, they make references to other things that, that you know, when it deals with, uh, uh, um, oh God, I'm trying to be very careful, people. <laughs> very careful. Uh, when it deals with 
fixing things or bringing things back or, or right or, yeah things like that right so they what you have to assume is going to happen that's that's not a spoiler you have to mm-hmm. assume there's going to be some bringing back and so the, there has to be they just started a spider-man franchise you know what i mean yeah like, and, they're not and black stupid. panther just made a billion dollars <laughs> last year they're not, gonna be like, oh, they're not stupid <laughs> stay away uh but yeah like you I mean, that see that's something that i really hate about and it's not really uh, i say hey i can i, I got to pick my words carefully when we talk about marvel because their fans are rabid yeah uh but rabid uh but they uh with with uh, with Black Panther and the way they kind of announced everything, like we know there's going to be a Black Panther too. We know there's going to be Spider Man Homecoming. I think or Far From Home uh, mm-hmm. is the new one. So like with that, I'm not a big fan of how Marvel announces their movies. Like they do it before, like mm-hmm. oh yo, you're gonna have this, this, and this. So like we kind of know what's coming down the pipeline. So we know like the Guardians are going to be okay. We know Spider Man's going to be okay. We know Black Panther is going to be okay. We know Doctor Strange Two is coming out, so Doctor Strange is going to be okay. So. I kind of wish Marvel would start shying away from that. I know they have to make these announcements because of their stockholders and all the other things. I got stock in Disney. Thank you so much. Uh, But uh, they they have to do that because, you know, they want to make their money. But I kind of feel like that hurts the the continuity of the story and then also the the just kind of mystique of everything. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, I agree. And I thought that when they first announced the phases, what was that, four, four three, four years ago now? Yeah. I thought the same thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I always think that in sequels. It's like if I have if, if I know there's a trilogy trilogy that already exists and I'm watching the first one, it's like, well, I know he's going to be fine because there's two more after this. Mm-hmm. But that's my fault for not seeing it sooner. Mm-hmm. But in this case, they announced like the trilogies before the trilogies came out. Yeah. So, so you know, like there's going to be another one. Obviously, again, no consequences. And, then, and the thing, like, if you want to go like around like the Star Wars, right? When we talk about trilogies, that's kind of like the the blueprint. Uh, so with like Star Wars, you're like, all right, it's a trilogy, but you still kind of don't really know what's going to happen. But with Marvel, it's trilogies and trilogies inside of trilogies. Because like Spider-Man, obviously, is going to be a trilogy. He had his first movie. He's coming out with the second one. And then obviously, there's going to be a third one for him. But he's also involved with the Avengers, which have their own continu- continuity of storyline. Then he's involved with Black Panther, who has his own continuity. So like they're trying to juggle like a trillion balls at one time and they, I mean, keep in mind Marvel's doing an amazing job of it they're doing better than DC is but <laughs> I know y'all don't want to hear that but but they're, they're, they're doing a great job of it but it it comes at a cost unfortunately and the cost is not really being shocked when you know Spider-Man comes back or Black Panther comes mm-hmm. back or whoever comes back so yeah, yeah that's, that's what kind of sucks about it you, you, another thing with this movie is they're not just everybody's focused on the events that took place in Infinity War but they have this is the end of phase two this is phase the end of phase three end of phase three yeah so they have to wrap up a lot of story arcs they in do. one movie. They, yes, they do. Uh, I mean, there's a reason this movie is three hours. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they 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 do a good job of it. There's there really wasn't. I, I will say this: if you are a fan of Marvel and you're a fan of everything that they've done in the past, was it eleven, ten years? Yeah. You're gonna leave satisfied if you if you went in like with any kind of preconceived notions of like you know they're gonna fumble this storyline or maybe this character is not as important and they're just gonna let this fly in the wind no they're gonna wrap it up and bring it all back in for you but um it's it's such a neat bow it's kind of like all right now one of my issues with it is like all right now where do we go from here because uh, prime example captain marvel a movie you haven't seen yet but i can kind of i guess spoil she basically is superman so it's like where like can we go from here because like i think one of the dopest things about marvel 
and not even just the MCU, just Marvel in general, is a good chunk of their characters are humans with human flaws. Like, with DC, they're basically gods. Like, Superman's a god, Wonder Woman's a god, Flash is a god. Uh, but with with Marvel, they're just people that have flaws and, you know, issues. Fucking uh, Michael Douglas in, in the comic books, uh, Hank Pym, he's a raging alcoholic that, like, beats his wife. They're not going to show that in the MCU, obviously. <laughs> but, but like, you know, they're, 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 they're characters that have flaws. And that's why I think the, the, the MC, MCU has done so well with being out there obviously they have the money machine with disney and then kevin feige planning everything out but they take characters that people can relate to and i feel like that's one of the reasons why you're the love of your life batman yeah does so well is because people can relate to him that's yeah. why he's like at the end of the day no matter how crazy a batman movie can get batman forever and batman and robin people will still go and see it because that's batman like yeah. he's human he can like you have you can relate to him but like nobody relates to Superman. Like, like you can you can aspire to be Superman, but you can never be Superman. That's what it is. People aspire to it. Yeah. So it's like, all right. Like I, I feel like with 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 Marvel and the way they're planning it out, they're doing a good job of it. But you know, with DC, they're kind of the, the the MCU. You got to imagine too. The comic book world. It's such, there's so many. of The storylines are so convoluted, and they go this way and that way, and there's versions and this and that. Mm -hmm. The MCU has done a really good job, really making one congruent story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they they tend to again. It's it's Kevin Feige, and then yeah. like I know there's way more people than that. There's the, the casting directors who you know basically cast these iconic actors into these roles like i can't imagine anybody besides robert downey jr being iron man like even when they cast him i was like perfect like i know he has his drug problems which is just like iron man in the comic books or like i know he has you know issues with this and he's rich just like iron man in the comic books so what a great casting go and i gotta yeah. tell you but when it first happened a lot of people were like what Oh, no, that guy, <laughs> that drunk guy from the 90s? I was like, yeah, perfect. <laughs> like, he's, like, they just turned the camera on. Don't give him even a script, which is basically what I heard with like, Iron Man 1 was. Like, they didn't, didn't even really have a script done. No, they it was kinda, extremely loose. Yeah. They kind of just let him go. So they just let Robert Downey Jr. be Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. Yeah. So you're like, all right, I'm, like, I'm cool with this. And that's, that's again, something else that I feel that the MCU has been capitalizing on is they, they get good talent. They allow their, whatever director they bring in, creative control but they're saying hey do whatever you want to in this movie but just make sure it fits this this and this and they're like all right bet so you can get you know people who have done great work like ryan coogler or you can get john favreau or you can get um oh god who is it that did um uh the the, the russo brothers oh you yeah can get them to like come in and do amazing stuff because you give them rain but hey you know there's a fence just stay inside of this fence you can do as much as you want to to stay inside of this fence and it's yeah. the size of, of a football field yeah. yeah no that's a really good point because some of the Marvel movies have different feels mm -hmm. than others like I remember the Incredible Hulk with the one with Edward Norton mm -hmm. which is in the MCU mm -hmm. that felt really different than other Marvel movies yeah yeah it felt no, I, see that was the thing too like I feel like with, with the Incredible Hulk like I feel like they 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 did it well, but it was kind of so off of the MCU pack. Yeah. Keep mind, they were just kind of like finding their footing at that time. Yeah, because it was I think, still early on. Yeah, like at that point, they just had uh, Iron, Iron Man. Man. Yeah, I think just Iron Man. Just Iron Man. So yeah. then, like Edward Norton comes in. And apparently, that was like a nightmare to work yeah. with him. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> that. He's a, a notorious asshole. Yeah, uh, but. But with the with the Incredible Hulk, like it's like all right, like I dig that this is a Hulk that's in a street fight that's gonna choke his villain out with a chain and like like I'm like all right, let's do it to it. Like this is crazy. Keep in mind, it's no Ang Lee Hulk, which I think is the superior Hulk. But no, you do? You <laughs> no, you don't. No, no, that's a god awful movie. If anybody loves that, what is wrong with you? Uh, but yeah, it's it's 
getting back to to end game uh i feel like with everything they did here it's it's a lot of stuff it's a three-hour movie it's a monster of a film um and again you're you're not only trying to tie up a story of the avengers you're trying to tie up the story of phase one phase two and phase three and all these movies together they did it and that was something that is thoroughly shocking because you seeing something on that scale is is insane like there's a, a specific scene that's popping in my head right now that i'm not going to talk about but it's just like holy shit it's like, that big it's just huge feeling did you see um uh, uh um ready player one yeah okay do you remember like, the battle scene at the end yeah oh it's imagine huge. bigger than that Ooh. and they're like and they're like with people that you actually like care about because like in ready player one is like maybe four characters that you know their names and like maybe only two of them you care about no but they had well they had like cameos of random characters running at the yeah. end of the last scene like, like a tracer from overwatch yeah and like a exactly. show yeah. Up. you're like yeah, all right whatever yeah. <laughs> let's, let's get let's get to it but um but with one of these the, the big the big uh i guess one of the big set pieces in this in this film uh it's as large as that, if not larger, wow. and it's filled with people, or it's filled with you know characters that you you've been endeared to for I mean, a long time now. Yeah, for a long time, yeah. characters that some people have grown up only knowing them presented this way. Like prime example, we we've known what five Batman's in our lifetime. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's five now. I think. Not including like animated versions and like the animated movies well, and the no, offshoots. Like in our lifetime alone, mm-hmm. you had Keaton. Uh, uh, Val Kilmer, Clooney, Clooney, Bale, Bale, Ben Man, Affleck, Ben Affleck, and before that you had Adam, Adam West, West and uh, that guy before that I don't remember his name that from guy. the '40s one, that guy, <laughs> the Batman. Yeah, so in our lifetime, yeah, five. Yeah, yeah, so we've had five. Then if you want to throw on uh, Kevin Conroy from the animated series, yeah, good and, point. And then yep. you can, yeah, like you have like a a mass. You know, and what's his face does it for the Lego Movie? Uh, Will Arnett. Will Arnett. Yeah. Will Arnett. So yeah, yeah, you're like we have we've had so many Batman. <laughs> In, in what? How many years? Think about that. Like what? Twenty years? Twenty years? No, a little bit more. A little bit. Ooh, 20, 25 years. Eighty nine. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Twenty years. So yeah. Did we do that's that? Thirty. No, years. thirty years, dude. That's thirty. <laughs> oh no. Oh no, that's thirty years. That's thirty years, sir. Yeah. That's a thirty year old movie. Yeah. I w- they must be doing some thirtieth anniversary type thing. I would hope so. But yeah, you know, I don't know. Like, didn't WB and like Tim Burton have a big falling out? Oh, I had no idea. You know, it was like a mess where, like, you know, Batman Returns, and they didn't do it the way he wanted to do it. And remember, they took it away from him, and they oh, gave it to um, yeah. uh, your boy, the the Flaming Man, Joel Schumacher. Joel Schumacher, <laughs> Joel Schumacher. the Flaming Man. <laughs> they gave it to your boy, the Flaming the Man. The Flaming Man. So he turned it, you know, into a gay club <laughs> with did. Batman with that, neon colors you know and bright what, lights and stuff. Look, look like this. <laughs> I, again, I won't, I won't go into the whole issue that we we discussion that we had with it. But Batman and Robin is one of the best Bat- Batman films of all time. <laughs> Uh, but <laughs> you read it here, folks. It was tremendous. It <laughs> the was best, huge. the best, huge. No collusion, <laughs> collusion, collusion. <laughs> uh, but um, but yeah, man. Uh, with 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 Marvel, I feel like they've done everything really tight. And if you're going into um, uh, Avengers Endgame with any kind of preconceived notions like this can't this can't live up to the hype or this can't uh, uh, tie up stories, yeah. Don't worry about that. You'll be happy. You'll be satisfied. Do I think it's a a, a a no pun intended marvelous film or a a game changing film? I personally don't think so, but I do think it's a satisfying conclusion to a lot of stories from phase one to phase three. It's not. It's, it's hands down not my favorite MCU movie, but it's it's in the top ten. What is your favorite? Uh, Winter Soldier. 
Oh, my, me too. We've had this discussion. Yeah. yeah. Winter yeah. Soldier is Winter the Soldier best. Winter Soldier is yeah. a great film. I can go back and watch that and I can notice something new every time. I do sometimes. I'll go, I think I've seen that movie probably like eight times now. It's obscene. It's so great. It's really good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, well, it's the Dark Knight of the franchise. Basically. To me, the Dark Knight's the, fav- the best DC movie. Yeah. And again, there's consequences. Ho- holy shit. Yeah. Shields now Hydra. Holy shit. Like, yeah. now this is happening. Yeah. Like, people are dead. Like, there's con- like when a, when a movie, let alone a superhero film, is able to have consequences that affect the way the rest of this series is going to play out. It endears it to me more. Mm-hmm. But like the second, like those consequences fly out the window. That was one of the reasons. It's one of the multitude of reasons I hated fucking Iron Fist when it was on Netflix. I didn't even watch it. A lot of Bruh, people, dude. Oh a lot of people hated God, it. God, it is a fucking nightmare. Yeah, I heard uh, that. It is. It is. It is bad, man. Well, it got is, canceled after one season. As it should be. It was. How was it that bad? Nah, man. Like he's supposed to be like the best karate fighter in the world or kung fu fighter in the world or whatever. And it looks like he trained at like a strip mall. So like, it's, <laughs> it don't make sense. And then like, there's like a legit like Mortal Kombat like episode where he's like going into like this abandoned building and there's like tiers of people he needs to fight to get to the. <laughs> and you're just like, what in the fuck? I've seen this movie. It's called Mortal Kombat, and as goddamn cheesy as it was when it came out, it's still better than. So you're this. you're talking about Mortal Kombat the movie, not the video game. It's. Well, for both fucking it's the same, same thing. thing yeah <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they had the same amount of lines written for both uh, but yeah it's it's it, it, it comes across especially Iron Fist it just comes across as sloppy it's poorly edited poorly direct uh, poorly directed the fight choreography is a goddamn nightmare uh, that's and, too bad you know because what? they're building like a, the whole universe on Netflix is like cancelled now well yeah because Disney Plus is that what happened yeah Wait, so because they canceled Luke Cage, and I think Jessica Jones is on her last season. Uh, I don't know. I just like kind of faded away. <laughs> did you watch? Did you watch Jessica Jones? I watched. I watched all of the uh, original um, Marvel movies. Or I did. I'm sorry, a series. So I did Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Daredevil, Punisher, and uh, Iron Fist. All five of them, uh, and including the Defenders as well. And like of all the ones, like I enjoyed. I I would have to say personally, uh, I empirically I know it's not the best. But personally, I think Luke Cage for me was great. I loved the way it was set up. I loved the whole black exploitation era of kind of how it went. It went along, um, and I, like empirically, if I had to say which one was the best one, I would say Daredevil. But yeah. if I had to say like which one personally affected me more and was more entertaining to me, uh, Luke Cage. How, how was season two of Luke Cage? I got like three episodes in, and I honestly got a little bored with it. One of the great things about season one, of season Luke one Cage, was. Did I see one or two? No, one was two. One was really good. Yeah, two. One was really good because yeah. you had Mahershala Ali being yeah. uh, Cottonmouth. Uh, so you're like, all right, you got like a. a Oscar award-winning actor who's playing this villain and he's crushing it. And then you have Alfre Woodard. Uh, shout out Holiday Heart. You see that movie? I don't know, Chris. You, don't, you know nothing about it. I'm sure what you don't. Holiday Heart. Holiday Heart. I. You should Google it when we're done with this. Okay. Um, it's uh, this movie with Alfre Woodard and Ving Rhames, and Ving Rhames is a crossdresser. Oh, well, I'm definitely googling like this afterwards. Like the full movie. He's like full, like, mm. like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, child. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, it sounds crazy. And people listening right now, go, just look at the, the cover of the DVD for this movie, uh, Holiday Heart. And you're going to be like, wow, I, I did not know Ben Rames, like went down this route. And you're going to be so happy when you see this. I'm going to look it up right now. It's, Holiday it's a, Heart. It's it's a hood Oopsie. classic. It was on BET every, uh, every Black History Month. There it is. The first one on the right. <laughs> That's, yep, your boy. Ben yeah, Rames. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull this up here. Holiday Heart. 
It's the Wikipedia. I'm going to screen share it. Directed by Robert Townsend. Produced by who? Robert De Niro. Black black Italian. uh, (laughs) (laughs) All right. But yeah, man, it's a it's a it's a wild film. And yo, I I watch it. it, But by the way, it came out in like 2000. Um, I watch it as like a when it comes on, like if I see if I catch it, I'll just like sit and watch it. But yeah, man, it's a, it's a wild film. It's like prison song. But anyway, <laughs> All right, I got more questions about Endgame. Okay, go uh, for it. How was the CGI? And the reason I'm asking though, it's not Black Panther level. Oh my god! Took it right <laughs> out of my mouth. I was yeah. gonna ask: Is there anything on Black Panther's level? In, no. in a bad way. Fuck no. Um, <laughs> yeah, but what was with Black Panther? Didn't make any sense because some scenes looked phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It was really that last fight scene that mm-hmm. was horrible. It looked like the original Spider-Man graphics. Like from however long the, ago. The Sam Raimi ones? Yeah, the Sam Raimi okay. ones. Yeah, when he's like like rubber when he's yeah, swinging around. Rub- <laughs> it didn't look, it wasn't human movements. Yeah, um, they, you know, I'll be honest with you. I feel like Disney had no faith in Black Panther. Uh, they just thought, like, we're going to put out this black superhero movie and they didn't know how it was going to go. But you cut the corners at the end? Yeah, I mean. Because the rest of the movie seemed fine. That's just that last scene. I, I, I mean, I feel like you don't see a lot of CG until the end of that movie, because like prime, like a lot of the stuff is, and they're also the CG that you're seeing before that is static shots. Like you're seeing, uh, like the city, you're seeing Wakanda, yeah. you're seeing like things that they can just do, and like buildings aren't moving. Like maybe the water is not moving as much, you know, as wild as it should be. But at the end of Black Panther, it's just like a CGI fest. The rhinos come in, he's you know. Oh. Throw, shooting down planes and then they're punching each other in the vibranium mine yeah. and they look like two PS4 characters fighting yeah. each other not even PS4 PS2 uh, yeah. characters <laughs> fighting each other PS4 is generous yeah like, yeah, I'm being too nice to this movie uh, but yeah that, that was where it kind of fell apart and then the, the rhinos are definitely just terrible but I feel like Disney didn't have faith in that movie they're you like, really think Disney didn't have faith because it's like the, a big black uh, it's a black movie yo listen <laughs> I feel like any Anytime there is a a film that caters to a specific audience, big companies aren't going to take a massive risk on it. Yeah, because it's maybe like a niche thing, mm-hmm. and it's like it can go one way or the other. Yeah, they didn't know like if this is going to be like a big hit. They didn't know right. maybe like maybe you know you know only only black people go out, black Americans go out and see this, and this maybe not a big hit in China or Korea, or it's not maybe not a big hit with white America. Dude, Michael B. Jordan stole the show too, in my opinion. He did, and that was like another thing that people love. Like you have people who were either, you know, I'm not gonna say I don't think Academy Award nominated, but like at least Emmy nominated people who were in there playing like great roles. Yeah. Um, uh, Chadwick Boseman, who was crushed it as Jackie Robinson and uh, James Brown, and basically yeah. every other black iconic person yeah. in history. <laughs> He'll just play all of them. Yeah, he's he's all <laughs> he's Jesse well, Jackson and Martin Luther Jackie King. Jackie Robinson was movie. phenomenal. Yeah, uh, 42. That was a great movie. 42. That's it. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then you have um, uh, Michael B. Jordan, who crushed yeah. it as, as Creed. And- Creed 2 felt like more of a Rocky movie to me than Creed 1 did. Mm-hmm. Creed 1 felt like something different, and then Creed 2 felt like they were pulling it back into the Rocky world. Well, yeah, because it's like was, Ivan Drago's yeah, back. Yeah, like, Drago's like, back. I, I was like, this is crazy. It, yeah, it's Rocky 3 and a half. That's I, what that movie is. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. No, that was or Rocky 4. Two, I'm sorry, 2 and a half. No, wait. 4. Russians 4. 
Drago, yeah, two. Oh, yeah, because he fought Apollo in two again. Again. And then he won. And, and then, then the three was Clever Lang. And Mr. T. Yeah, Clever Lang. Is Mr. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Clever Lang and then <laughs> Ivan Drago. Uh, but yeah, like they. And then Lapita Niago, Academy Award winning actress. Yes. Uh, and uh, your girl from Walking Dead um, that played uh, Okoye. Um, what is her name? Uh, Denai Guerrera. Uh, she, play, she plays um, the, the his security guard the, with the the bald head and the tattoos. Oh yeah! Oh, she's badass. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Denai okay. Guerrera. Yeah, uh, okay. she played her. So like, you have like all these people who were, you know, great actors. And again, go, shout out to Marvel's casting director. Yeah, they got people who fit the role, looked the role, and took the role seriously. Yeah, because this could have gone the way of. I'm sorry, DC fans. Oh god. <laughs> This could have gone the way of Batman v Superman, yeah. <laughs> and where like you could kind of tell like the people are just like I'm reading my line so I can go the fuck home. Yeah. Or like Ben Affleck was like I'm just here so I can get Live by Night funded, and yeah. then that movie bombed, and now he's like I'm out. Matt Reeves take this shit over. I don't want to be Batman. I'm good. But with Marvel, they tend to do a good job. With Black Panther, I st- I still do feel like they didn't know what they know what they had on their hands. But with Black Panther 2, you're not going to worry about any of those issues because that's going to be another billion-dollar grossing film like Endgame is. I'm I'm excited to see the numbers for Endgame this weekend. Do you think it's going to break the records? The opening yeah, weekend? Yeah, it's man. got to, right? Like, I was looking... It's just, crazy sold out. Yeah, so like today, I was looking... Because, you know, usually if I go and see a movie, I kind of like to see it in different ways. So like the first time I saw it, I saw it in uh, in uh, just standard 2D. Yeah. But like if, you know, I do want to go, what you laughing at? Because you do do that standard 2D, then you see it in IMAX, and you see it in IMAX 3D, then you might see it in standard 3D. <laughs> see, I, um, I, wanted to, I wanted to see it in uh, D-Box. Uh, where like the what seats the move. What's D box? D box. You've never oh, done D box. Oh, is that where there's like see? Oh, the seats move and vibrate. Yeah, and you might feel wind they or jerk something. To the left and yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. Where we have one of those theaters around town? No, you don't. Oh. I looked forward today because <laughs> I was like, That's oh, why I don't know what. It I was is. like D box, D box near me, and then it like gay porn came up. No, <laughs> but, but 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 I was like, you know, D box like in Atlanta, like the closest one is like Fayetteville or some shit, which is like an hour outside of town. It's like yeah. I'm not driving to that. Yeah. So for a long time, the only IMAX theater we had was in Buford. Yeah, yeah, uh, at the Buford Mall. We used mm-hmm. to drive. I drove an hour and a half to see The Dark Knight in IMAX. You, you seem like somebody to do that. I would do that. You, you know, I would. It. And yeah. it was three o'clock in the morning. I feel like we should call help. This <laughs> <laughs> sounds interesting. Oh, I might. No, it was three. It was a three o'clock showing because mm-hmm. that's kind of like what they're doing with Endgame now. I didn't find anything that dramatic where it's like a three o'clock in the morning show, but there are some theaters playing it every fifteen minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the uh, theater I went to uh, when I saw it in, on Thursday, they had one that was playing it every fifty. There was one at six thirty, then six forty-five, seven, seven fifteen. Like it was insane. Like the only other thing was playing was like Us and some some uh, Kevin Hart movie, I think. Man, it would suck to be any other movie right now. Yeah. I mean, you know, some people are kind of using it to their advantage, though. Uh, PlayStation released uh, Days Gone, that zombie game. Oh, good call. I don't know if it went well for them because it's getting shitty reviews or mediocre reviews. Well, it's, it's a weird strategy because if you want to take on a heavy hitter like that, you probably have to just release something that has nothing in common with it. Yeah. Like, just release release a straight drama Mm-hmm. That's like horribly sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has nothing to do with superheroes. Then, then people are gonna be like, "All right, what are my choices? Endgame or oh, this sad tearjerker?" See, one of the smart things that uh, a lot of uh, like lesser tier 
I guess animation companies do is they'll release shittier animated movies around the same time, uh, like you know November and December when big Marvel movies and big DC movies come out, and they'll release those to, to like counter programming. So like, oh no, you know Avengers sold out. I can take little Becky to go see you know like Early Man or whatever the fuck is out right they now. They really do that. Yeah, they do that. It's smart. Like if working like it's like cornering the market. Yeah, like working at Double Toasted, like then seeing things like that from you know when movies were coming out when we had to go see them. You kind of saw like the pattern of big movie comes out and then like a lesser animated or family movie would come out at the same time to be that second option to Avengers. Because like I'm sure like America is a big Christian country and like I'm sure like you know there's some people who are like oh I take my kid to go and see this movie and then like there's that one asshole ticket seller is like there's a little violence and cursing in this movie I don't know if you want to take little Johnny to see it yeah and so like oh I'll take him to go see a dog's purpose or some shit <laughs> <laughs> and you know that's what happens so you know people studios tend to know what they're doing when they release their movies usually I, I should hope so they've been doing it for long enough I and mean, it's it is the game well, and they play the game they try to play the game some people are still failing at it J- jason blum is crushing it though who's jason blum blumhouse anything uh like oh yeah like uh any get out and us yeah. and all those horror movies that right are shoving, like was a five us? million dollar budget you saw us was great i really it, liked it is it as good as get out uh no uh, I think Get Out was a better film, but it's because they're kind of like two different movies. Like Get Out has like a nice little bow on top of it, and here's the movie I'm presenting you. Right. With us, it's more of a uh, like it's a Pandora's box. Like you can go down one path like with questions, and you'll have like a million more questions. Like how do they do this? Why was this this way? How did this? And like there's really not an answer for it. Like you can propose answers, but there's no definite answer. And so like I can understand when people were saying they left unsatisfied from us. Uh, but I still thought it was a dope movie. Like, if you like horror flicks, you, you should check it out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm definitely going to check it out. All right. Before we end this episode, I do want to ask you a little bit about Double Toasted. You were with them for how long? Three? Four uh, years? Three years. Three years. Three years. Yeah. Did you And you moved from Atlanta to Austin to hook up with them, to basically be mm-hmm. on the show. Yeah, yeah. I went out to uh, um, Austin in 2014, 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, my sister was graduating from the Air Force, and I just drove up to Austin. To, I, I listened to them before they were Double Toes, but they were spilled. Um, and uh, Corey Coleman, who runs Double Toes, was a great guy. Um, I just sent him an email. I was like, yo, I'm going to be down in San Antonio. I'd love to come up and just catch a show. Um, and he was like, yeah, totally. Like, come, come hang out. Uh, I get to Austin. Apparently, something happened. Like, his dog got into, like, a knife fight with a cat or some shit. And so, like, I'm You said a knife fight? It was weird, man. I don't know what happened. But what? Yeah, Coleman, like, stopped answering his emails for a night. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to go out in the town. Like, at the time, the NBA playoffs were on. Uh, and so, I was like, I'm just hanging out. And then the next day, I went on the show. Uh, and, like, I was only supposed to be on for, like, ten minutes. But I ended up being on for, like, three and a half hours. And then, you know, afterwards, I was like, yo, I really want to, you know, introduce a, a video game aspect to your channel. Like, you guys do uh, movies and TV shows. But, like, video games are just being left to the dust. And so uh, I came on, in, uh, like, about four or five months later. Uh, I was working at a job that you helped me get. And it was able to uh, work from home and then work remotely so I could move and move to Austin. And uh, I was able to hook up with the Double Toasted guys, start the high score, and then come on and add to their movie reviews and pop culture and all that other fun jazz. I didn't know about the email part. So you emailed Corey. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and he answered. I mean, that's kind of amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's when with that's one of the things I think I feel like people, they think we're unattainable or we're, we're you know, like these 
people that you can't talk to or can't get in contact with. But right. like, if you like put out things like, yo, I'm going to come by and check out the show or, you know, I'm a big fan of your work or whatever. Like people like we, we see it. <laughs> we a hundred percent see it. And we like responding to it. So if you ever feel like writing Chris Maela, just send them all your dirty pictures. To your point, we thrive on collaboration. Yeah. Especially for smaller shows. That's really the only way to grow. Mm-hmm. It's, it's super hard to play the algorithms and grow that way. So you really want to grow by getting on other people's shows. And then they like, Oh, who's this guy? And if they, you know, if they like you, mm-hmm. then they'll look up whatever you're doing. Yeah. So that's why so many people, they'll just be like, yeah, at here on Instagram right here on Twitter you know, and then the whole thing grows mm-hmm. so when you were doing uh, Double Toasted I mean they seemed to latch on pretty quick then so I, what, you know what I did today because I got curious I looked at the oldest video that they have on YouTube uh-huh. and you're in it uh-huh. and I, you weren't there from the very beginning though no um, so uh, people that don't know anything about Double Toasted or Spill uh, or Corey Coleman uh, Corey Coleman started a an access channel and uh or access a show on an access channel in uh, austin called the real deal uh so he's reviewing movies there and everything and that went well so he decided to move to the uh, move everything over to the internet uh, and he started a channel called spill.com uh and with spill.com like it went well for you know a time and then they got bought by a company and then the relationship kind of soured and then it fell apart uh so spill was done and so he came back and like he was just going to be done like Coleman was going to like move out of the country with his wife his wife is uh, from uh, from the Mediterranean I'm not going to put her business out there but she's from that area so he was like I'm just going to go like you know I got money saved up I can just go live and over there and like enjoy life Um, but he's like you know like I'm willing to give it one more chance and he put funds to uh, double toast it and uh, he started the podcast and he did the podcast for I want to say about two, two or three months before I got there. And then the first, it just so happened the weekend I got there was the first episode that they were putting up on YouTube. Oh, that's what happened. And so like, that's why he was like, I'm only going to have you on for 10 minutes because I don't want motherfuckers thinking like you are a part of this shit. (laughs) But then I ended up being on that bitch for like three and a half hours. And so he was like, you know, like, and unbeknownst to me, there's another um, co-host that's been with Coleman for a long time. Like, I want to say two or three decades, um, Martin Thomas. Yeah. And he uh, he said to Coleman, I didn't know this until I was like two years later down the road. Like he was like, who is that guy? And he's talking about me. He's like, who is, who is, who is this guy? And he was like, oh, it's, it's Corey Goodwin. He's, you know, he's a fan of the, he was a fan of Spill anywhere to come up and just hang out and talk. Um, he's like, does he live in Austin? And he goes like, no, he lives in Atlanta. He's like, man, I really wish he lived in Austin. I want to do more shows with him. And so I was like, all right. So Martin's the dude that really got you on then. Yeah, well, you know, in a way. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it was a a, a lot of happy coincidences. Yeah. So Martin was a, a, thought it was cool, and then like I really vibed well with Coleman. Like we we spell our names the same exact way, which is a unique unique way to spell our names. Um, so like that was kind of endearing. Martin, I think, giving me the big thumbs up, and then you know like me being wanting to come in and fulfill a a, a hole that they were missing, which was video games, another part of you know entertainment. Yeah. And I think it all just kind of came together, and then I moved out to Austin, and then the rest is history. Now I'm here. Corey <laughs> comes across to me, and I've I've never met the guy. I don't know him, but he comes across to me just seeing his his uh, past projects to be he's a hard working dude he's gotta be yeah he keeps the hours of a prostitute like he doesn't yeah. sleep a lot it seems like that yeah it's 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 a lot of work so that's why like anytime like people are like you know is he treating people poorly or is he not doing this or is he is this the reason why people are leaving it's like no like for the, for, for me I'll speak for myself because I don't know what goes on with anybody else that has left or you know whatever going on there um, 
it was just like no this is this is just for me like i want to i want to you know have more time to do certain things i want to have more of a social life i want to you know uh, pursue more things with my career uh so like i have to put this in the in the, on the back burner and i can't dedicate as much time as i was doing because like i was seeing movies monday tuesday wednesday like during the day and then that night we would review them and then friday i would get ready for my video game show and then saturday i would have my video game show and then sunday i would be editing editing my video game show and so like it was just a lot of i basically had like three jobs oh you were editing your own stuff yeah yeah i uploaded oh edit, i didn't know that everything Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Well, yeah. you were physically doing the video editing? Yeah, I was Final Cut Pro and uploading oh. it to YouTube. And yeah, yeah, I was doing all that. Dude, you want to help me out? No. <laughs> I know you don't. Because yeah. you've done it. I know you well, don't. No, that's the thing. Like, I love, I, I love the, 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 the function of video editing. Like, just being able to make basically nothing from something or no, something new from something different. Yeah. But the amount of time that you have to dedicate to it is yeah. it's like I can't <laughs> it's no, a it's, lot it's, of shit it's a lot of work so are there producers at Double Toasted yeah yeah um well, I guess we have editors, I guess. We don't have, like, I don't know. What well, is there somebody who does, like, a pre-sound check or a video? No, that's, somebody... all that's, that's whoever's hosting the show. So, like, when so it was the high score, it was me whenever it was oh, anything Oh, when you were else. doing the video games. Yeah. When, oh. Yeah, yeah. So, whoever is there, they're doing their own, like, they're doing their own EQ. They're doing their own, uh, making sure all the mics and everything's plugged up correctly. They're making sure... Um, uh, that we're streaming because there's a lot of times where like you think you're on and you're not on this. I've, oh, I know. I've lost the show. There was like an amazing show, like Martin and I did one Sunday. It was like two and a half hours, and we were just like shooting the shit, having a good time. And come to find out, like we had the video but no audio because I forgot to press one fucking button. It's it's that easy. I've done it. Mm-hmm. I've done, and I thankfully I didn't do it when we were live streaming. Mm-hmm. What I have done live streaming is. I clicked a button and I was like, "Oh, we're not on yet." Hey, yeah, we were on for three minutes, just shooting the shit here. Mm-hmm. It's like, thank God we didn't say anything too stupid. You know, <laughs> we're like on YouTube, like like streaming live. We had no idea. Let me tell you about the Jews. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're amazing people. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Crushed it. Uh, but yeah, man, it's like um with with the uh, with Coleman and everything. Like, I feel like YouTube would vibe really well because, like, you know, you're, you're starting your own thing here. Like, yeah. he can give you some tips. I'm gonna. I will probably reach out to him and ask him a few things because he's he's done something that I really admire and he's mm-hmm. really put something special together. And it seems like it's just not gonna stop anytime soon. Like it's really just coasting. Yeah, I mean they're they're growing still. They still got plenty of fans out there watching. They still got you know the the, the YouTube channel's growing. They hit 125k. That's yeah, a that's a solid number is. of subscribers. They got their play button. Yeah, uh, and uh, they had their website as well. So like I mean, and the podcast on SoundCloud, Double Toasted on SoundCloud. Yeah. Uh, so it's like. Yeah, they're 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 growing, and it's like I'm again wish nothing but the best for them. Like I've gone back up there recently. I went and uh, did the review for us. Uh, and That's that, really cool. I didn't even know that. I'm yeah, gonna check it out. Yeah, so it's just like they're still like we're still cool. Like I'm and I'm really happy. Like when people see, I guess, see me on YouTube and they're like, "Holy shit, he's back!" It's yeah. like I'm not back. Just, <laughs> I'm here for a minute. Just, just chill out. <laughs> but it's like yeah, like just showing like everything's still copacetic. We still we still cool. We still rock with each other, and there's no ill will. I don't have. There's not. I don't think there's. I can't count on one hand the people I have like burned bridges with. Where I'm like, I'll never work with them again. You don't. You're not the type to do that, though. No, nah, it's yeah. I'm. I hope I'm not. <laughs> yeah. As, again, I'm seeing from the inside looking out. I don't know how people make this. You know, perceive me as an asshole or some shit. Because that's what I got when I first started at Double Toasted. I was like, he's a dick and no, he doesn't like really? anything. Oh yeah. No, you're gonna get that. That's dude. It's the internet. It is. It's the internet. And I've and Childish Gambino prepared me for this. All of it is fake. <laughs> but um. But yeah. It's um. It's it was. 
you know, I know there's going to be growing pains, and I know that the new the new person's always going to get picked on and all this other stuff. So I was like, all right, you know, just kind of just got to roll with it. And yeah. Especially when you're coming into something that's established. Because, like, Martin and Coleman were established with Spill and coming into doing double toasting. Like, yeah. these are the guys. So, like, I'm going to a team that has Jordan and Pippen. I'm trying to be Rodman. And I'm coming out here looking crazy with fucking Fruit Loops shaved into my head <laughs> or some shit. But, like, people are like, oh, he's an asshole. He doesn't know how to play the game right. But you know, like, I, like slowly, you know, over over time, people are like, "Oh, you know, he's good, he's nice, he's funny." And eventually, you go to North Korea. <laughs> Hopefully, you know, I gotta get my Kim Jong Un game up. But, yeah, you know, yeah, one day. <laughs> so, where can people find you now? Uh, you can find me in Austin, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> are you? You're on social media somewhere. Yeah, unless uh, you don't want it, you're not trying to build it up. I don't you don't care. even care anymore. You're yeah, like, no, I've your never Twitter, cared from the beginning. Follow you on Twitter. I don't care. Like, okay, if you want to follow me, I'm on Instagram. I think it uh, uh, DB Cooper KG or Young Padme. Either one, <laughs> you can check there. Uh, on Twitter, it's uh, Twitter is definitely Young Padme. But uh, it's, I'm sorry, it's at the High Score DT because it was at the time I was still doing on Double Toasted. Uh, so yeah, at the High Score DT and uh, at oh, sorry at the High Score DT on Twitter. And at uh, DB Cooper KG on uh, Instagram. So All right. that's where you want to find me or follow me or stalk me. That's where I live. And if you want to come out to Austin, Texas, just hit me up. I'll hey, show Corey, you I'll hang out with you. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be weird. Corey, thanks for coming out, man. Oh, thanks for having me. This is great. All right. Yeah, this was fun. The, the video's on YouTube and XOTV. The uh, podcast is on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. Uh, all right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. <laughs>